Welcome in. First live show of the new year. It, I don't know why I said the new year, but Ryan Collins, Trent Alley, we're actually live on a Sunday morning, Trent. Yeah, no, this, this feels incredible because the thing is, I, I was thinking about this today. We get two hours here and we roll right into NFL Sunday. I, I just forget how amazing that is. You know, Nothing it's like better. Your, your morning just goes so quick, but how, how are you hanging in there on a Sunday? Uh, I, I mean, we obviously have some things to talk about. Uh, yes, we do. The, so we'll move into that pretty quickly. But I mean, I've been better. I've been better. Yeah. <laughs> I do not I feel great right now. I got the post loss hangover. But I mean, I just still want to thank Jeremy, Luke, Amber, and our producer Hank. Hank can't get in the mix as much as this week because. Oh, yes, I can, boys. We figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> okay. okay Hank, we... got, Hank has some random headset on. He's going to just be chiming in. I love it. Yeah, Hank, we you are... scream there. You're screaming, we... Hank. Oh, am I, am I loud? I, I'm, I'm juiced. I am juiced right now. Okay. We got oh, this. We're juiced. Stay juiced. We're, uh, we're, how, how late are we? We're 10 minutes late, but we're getting it figured out. And, uh, you got yeah, to love, shout you gotta out, love shout COVID. Shout out to our producer, Hank, yeah, and Luke Sloan, because we're doing this remotely over Zoom. But we're on the air. I don't know how we're doing it. I'm not a tech guy, but happy to be back on the air. Thank you, Jeremy, Luke, Anna, Amber, for getting this done. But we got a lot to talk about. But before that, I I, I wanted to mention this. I got booed two times this week. Yeah, I, I saw that when you put that in the planning doc that we do every week here on the Green Whiteboard. What is that? What does that mean? Booed? Got booed? Is it go? Is ghosted another way to say it? It's like when you you put a like a picture of a ghost. Oh, oh! I thought you meant you. People were booing you, like yeah. I was just walking down the street. They're just like, "Boo! This guy stinks." I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" But anyways, yeah, you got booed. I remember that. They they knock on the door and they leave a little basket of goodies. I I just wanted to bring this up. That is a top ten exhilarating feeling as a child. Booing someone. It's like that and playing ghosts in a graveyard. Well, the thing about getting booed that's so fun when you're a kid is like wondering who did it to you. It's usually one of your friends. You're like, ah, who, who did it? You know, you got to hunt them down. You got to figure it out. But then you got you to gotta transfer over, you know, the, uh, the favor. You got to pass it on. Keep I know. We haven't booed anyone yet. We, uh, and we're bringing back the Sparty Awards today as we're two hours this week too. No, no yeah. longer for an hour since we're live. We got two hours in the time slot. So Sparty Awards today is about Halloween candy. So we'll get everyone in the midst there talking about candy. But I was asked, what candy should I put in my boo, my boo bag? I think like a people pleaser is always just Skittles or M&M's, something easy. Yeah. Everyone's going to like that. I feel like it might be not different it. though. I feel like it got to be different. That's true. You could always do like, you know, Halloween themed stuff. Like yeah. The, yeah. The, the Reese's pumpkins, you know, those are, those are pretty good. I've, I've heard good things, not a chocolate guy, but like That's you said, like we said, we got a lot to talk about Michigan State football, World Series, MSU cuts their diving program, and of course, our pro football picks at the end of the show. But first, obviously, we start the show every week, what makes you mad? I'm obviously mad about Michigan State football. I don't know yeah. if everyone else has something they want to say, but that's the only thing that really pissed me off this week. Well, I got something quick. I'll be really quick. My phone on Thursday just stopped working. The touchscreen from the bottom half, like like the bottom half of my touchscreen on my phone didn't work. So I couldn't put in my passcode and I couldn't use my thumbprint because when you restart your iPhone, you got to use your passcode regardless. So I didn't have a phone for like three days and I finally got it and it didn't have my contacts in it. So that's the most annoying thing is oh, when you have to like. That's, that's kind of thrilling, not knowing who's touching you. 
it is, but it's also terrifying because sometimes, you know, like, let's just be honest, you're going to get back with some people quicker than others. So it's just kind of like, and you don't want to be that guy like, ah, who, who is this? Who's texting? New number, who this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that, that's just annoying. But anyways, that's it. That's that's what made me mad this week. Other than, you know what, I'll add one more thing as we as we move into Michigan State. Um, our Western Michigan University transfer can't hold on to the ball. And and as a central <laughs> as a central Michigan guy, that just, you know, that gets that, to that, me that riled her up. Say what? That riled the the whole Bally clan up. Yes. The, the Western transfer couldn't get it done, but yeah, let's, just, let, let's just stop beating around the bush and get into Mission State football. Mission State loses 38-27 to 27 to Rutgers. Mel Tucker's first game as head coach. Sparks turned the ball over seven times, five fumbles, two interceptions. Rocky Lombardi went 31-43, 319 yards, three TDs, and two interceptions. Jaden Reed actually kind of had a nice game, though, if you don't consider the two fumbles. 11 yeah. catches for 128 yards, two TDs. MSU only rushes for 50 yards. Connor Hayward and freshman Jordan Simmons surprisingly get the lion's share of the carries. I I, I don't know where we start, but I, I, I came into this season, we've talked about it a lot, as we pre- previewed the expectations for this team. And it was like, we have no expectations. Like, anything can happen. Like, it's year one, a really weird year. No one's really had to deal with this. You can understand this team falling short. But the effort yesterday, it, it, it is arguably the worst football game I've seen Michigan State football team play in the last 15 years. Yeah, it was it was tough. You nailed it there. I, I just think when I look at it in the big picture, I don't think the Mel Tucker era could have gotten off to a worse start. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's on – I'm not on Mel Tucker's head after one game because there are those people out there, idiots, believe it or not. But I, I just think you get embarrassed at home by the worst team in the conference by a country they haven't won a big ten. They haven't won a Big Ten game since 2017. Yes, and you you got crushed. Like, you didn't just lose. You got annihilated. And the way it happened was because of undisciplined turnovers. Like, this is not really a great look. This this better not be a trend. I don't think it is. But I, I it's unacceptable. You cannot lose by more than two scores to Rutgers at home to start the season in your first ever game. You know, like, that's just kind of tough. Uh, and, and especially – I mean, they got Michigan coming in this week. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But, I mean, they were – it was a poorly coached football team yesterday. It just was, like, flat out. Like, it, it, I, I, I'm a guy who believes Mel Tucker can put the pieces in place for this program to compete at a high level again. But, I mean, when they – the the fourth and third down calls yep. in the third quarter just – a third and four and you're running a dive out of the I formation. And then the next play, you just run it up the middle. I, I, I just don't get that. I don't know if Rocky Lombardi missed the read option there. I actually thought Rocky Lombardi didn't play that bad considering yeah. circumstances around him. You have five fumbles. He throws two interceptions. I think one of them is probably his fault. The other one, it looked like Jalen Naylor ran the wrong route. I mean, it, it, I thought he did the best he probably could. I mean, it's not like he's – and that's coming to Tim Tebow or anything, but he was solid. But just, I, I, I don't even know where to start because everything was so yeah. bad. Well, let me just, let me just, I'll, I'll start with this because this is worth mentioning. You mentioned it. We won't rag on it because everyone's talking about it. But like to state the obvious, 
The game got away from the Spartans right away. You cannot start that slow. That's obvious. You cannot turn the ball over that many times because it doesn't matter who you're playing. Rutgers is probably the only team in this conference that needs you to do those things in order to keep, like, obtain and keep the lead. You know what I mean? There yeah. are many teams in the Big Ten that can, you know, that that need five turnovers to get a lead, but they did kind of. It, it, Spartans' first offensive play, Rocky Lombardi gets bum-rushed because was it Hayward missed the missed the block? On the blind uh, side? It was Elijah Collins, which is another thing. He, I mean, the running back situation is a little odd considering how Elijah Collins played last year. It, it definitely seems that he's maybe not one of Tucker's guys right off the bat. But, I mean, you turn the ball over first play of the game, first offensive play of the game with Jaden Reed. It's a really good play. He called good throw from Rocky Lombardi. And it, it just takes the air out of the, the football for Michigan State. They never could recover after that. And even though they got off the field right there, they get the ball back and they're backed up. First of all, I don't know why they're trying to throw the football from their own doorstep like they were on that third down, especially with the quarterback who's – like, Rocky Lombardi's never going to make a living just sitting in the pocket. Like he no, had some, I, yeah. He had some success throwing the football, but like the, if the Rocky Lombardi experiments don't work, you got to do it. You got to be more creative. You got to get him more involved in the run game and, and you got to get him off his spot and get him moving. I understand he's not that accurate, but like you need to give him an option to run the football because that is his biggest asset because he's a physical and, and really athletic, like quarterback like he's 6'6 six, six, and, and, and he can get physical and be downhill and, and could run over like a linebacker he's like that type of pure just like strength so I, I I didn't like the offensive play calling all day well three things to respond to what you just said and I, I completely agree and echo most of what you said is one glaring hole in the play calling yesterday was those RPOs with Rocky Lombardi you know what I mean that you, you're working with a very limited uh, personnel group here, you know, depleted group after, you know, the transfer portal graduating, whatnot. It's Mel Tucker's first year. You don't really have a stacked deck by any stretch of the imagination. So for me, you got to put yourself in the best position, you know, you know, to get creative with what you're working with. And I think Rocky Lombardi has the ability to run because you're right, Collins. He is a, a big physical quarterback. And the, the Spartans utilized none of that yesterday. That's number one. Number two, I'm not sure how many times we saw on first down, first and 10, the Spartans run like a, 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 they couldn't a, halfback, run the football. a halfback dive up the middle. And you, the, the Spartans literally lost, I would say, yardage on those more than they gained. Every, every good Spartans run, if you go back and look, was to the outside. Nothing up the middle. It wasn't happening all day. And it was horrible. You're right. On that third and four before the fourth down, that changed the game. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. But what are you doing? Yeah, on, on a third and four, and you it just make try any to sense. it up the middle. It didn't I, make any sense. I get it if maybe you're in four-down territory, but at that point, you can't tip your hand. It's the third quarter. It's not even that. Like, they were they were out of the shotgun, like, all day. Like, all day. So, when, you go to the I-formation on third and four. I'm assuming they have some sort of five- to six-yard play that they really like in their playbook that, like, to be a little creative. It, it was just – a really weird call at a really bad time. And, and, and Michigan State lost all the momentum because before yes. that, before that, you cause a fumble on a punt, you go and score, Jalen Naylor scores a touchdown there. And then the next possession, I think on the next third down, you have Beasley force a fumble, which I, I actually thought the defensive line didn't play that bad, which was surprising no, I because I thought yeah. that could have been a glaring weakness for this Michigan State team. And then that happens. And then after that, they couldn't, they couldn't get it back. And, and – 
looking at this roster and looking at this game, I, I, I thought Rutgers played good. Like I, I, I'll give them some credit. Seven turnovers. It, I, I like just can't, you can't get past that. You're never no, going to win a football it, game. It like doesn't that. matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter at what level of football it is. And, and I, I will echo what you said. This game was lost in the third quarter when, when Mel Tucker elected to go for it on fourth and two rather than kick the three points and you, you go down 23-28 as opposed to 28-0. And then you, you, you keep your momentum. You put points on the board. You just force turnovers. The pressure's on the other team at that point. Instead, you go for it, get stuff, give the ball back to them. That, I, I believe that was the second turnover on downs for the Spartans at that point. Yeah. That, I mean, that – that's just that's just tough. And the, the, play call the fourth down crazy. calls were just no, zero creativity. And especially, like, like I said, they could not run the football. The O line looked horrible. And I I I I don't know if Rutgers' defense is for real or anything, but I, and they're probably not because it's Rutgers. Like, right. like yeah, yeah. Rutgers. Think you about that. Michigan, Michigan State lost to Rutgers. That should never happen. No, nope. especially at this point of Rutgers' program. Exactly, and it didn't happen two years ago when it almost happened, but you somehow find a way to pull it out. It's, it's, just, it's just about getting the win right away, and the Spartans obviously weren't able to do that. Now, I want to talk about Rocky Lombardi for a sec because you yeah, kind of – Yeah, let's get into it. it. Let's, just, let's talk about Rocky. I thought he looked fine as well, like a 7 out of 10 performance. The fumble wasn't his fault at all. Yeah. We already talked about that. I don't need to get into it. The play call was wrong from the start. Why are you throwing it when you're backed up into a corner on first down? I just don't get yeah. it. Whatever. Uh, he never saw the guy. The The few times the Spartans let him air the ball out, I thought he actually made a few nice throws or a few he wanted back. But, like, yeah. overall, let's let's just be honest. This is probably – I don't think anyone can say he didn't at least meet their expectations. Granted, they weren't big – they weren't high expectations. You know, the bar isn't very high. You can see my expectations, I'm going to be honest. But, well, no, I'm talking about just for him, you know, compared yeah. to what, we, what we've seen from him. You know what I mean? He was exactly what he's been, if not even a little better yesterday. So yeah. I think overall, you got to just kind of – Rocky Lombardi didn't lose you that game. I think that's, no. that's the bottom line. By far, he was actually probably – I don't want to say the best player on offense yesterday because everyone else kind of made mistakes too, but it's just – Rocky Lombardi, the way he played yesterday, you absolutely could have beaten Rutgers – if you don't turn the ball over that many times and, and, and the way Rocky Lombardi played yesterday, you can absolutely beat some of these other teams in the big 10. He's got to be better. If you want to beat Michigan and Lord have mercy, Ohio state, we understand all that, but I just, I, I think he was the least of your problems yesterday. What do you think? I, I completely agree with you. I thought he looked fine. He had two interceptions. Like I said, that one to nailer in the first half, that was a really bad interception, but I, I don't know who's on, on the, it looked like nailer was, running the incorrect route. I don't know what the miscommunication yeah, well, was. Also, just real, just real quick to add to that, I mean, not that all, all turnovers aren't created equal. That was early in the game. You can still yeah. bounce back at that point. You know, the other the other pick was in garbage time, but yeah. whatever. And, and I, I think you're right. If he plays like that, I think Michigan State will have opportunities to win games in the Big Ten. But Rutgers is I, – I think Rutgers and Maryland are probably projected to finish last in the Big Ten. I, I I mean, Rutgers was just flat out better than Michigan State yesterday. They were. They yeah. outrushed Michigan State. They had the ball. They had the time of possession. Like, they won the time of possession with seven turnovers. And I think three of those in Michigan State territory. That's pretty remarkable to think about. I just – I don't I, – I don't 
understand what they're doing at running back. And, and I, I want to get your thoughts because I, I, I'm fine with Rocky. I, if he plays like that, they'll have opportunities to win. And like you said, he's not going to take you to the next level to compete with teams like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, unless he has a different level that we did not see and haven't seen in the past year and a half. I, I would I completely agree with that. But the weapons around them, I think Jaden Reed's a nice piece. I think Naylor's going to be good. I like what they did with the tight ends. Matt Dodson, I can't believe he's already back. He kind of tore his Achilles, I think, at the very end of last year. I just don't understand what they're doing at running back. And, and like I said, it must be a Mel Tucker thing that he he maybe does not have confidence in Elijah Collins. But Elijah Collins was the best offensive player on this roster last year. And when he was out there, he was unproductive, and, and, and he was out there rarely. I And Connor Hayward, and Simmons looked good. The, the freshman Jordan Simmons from Georgia looked very good. That's an encouraging sign. But you had three freshmen last year get reps, and you barely saw any of those guys. Yeah, well, we heard, you know, going back, I think it was about a week and a half ago when Mel Tucker talked about in his presser just about how deep the running back room is. And I, I'm not sure – I'm not going to say it was smoke and mirrors because there's obviously some merit to what he's talking about. Obviously, Elijah Collins is – probably your best back you got to get him involved way more like you said was rarely out there and when he was out there he didn't look great but how can you expect a guy to get rolling when he's literally on the field once every eight plays on offense it's just bad the dude ran for 988 yards last year can you get him involved a little bit can you try to see if you can get something going especially when the run really couldn't get going all day you know what i'm saying he's probably your best skill player on the team right now on paper and just based on what we've seen so far so I, I, that's frustrating. Simmons did look nice, but he is a freshman. I'm not going to be like that guy that has to do everything by the book because I understand you got a new coach in here and it's, a, it's kind of a modgepodge of dudes. But it's like there has to be some kind of hierarchy and it just doesn't seem like there is. And if there is, it's not the right order because I'm telling you the pecking order, it has to start with uh, Elijah Collins, in my opinion, if you want to win. I, I think he... – he was, Elijah look, Collins was the only bright spot last year for this offense. Everyone knows that. So that's yeah. why I'm a little – I'm left scratching my head on Sunday because I don't know how many carries he got, but it, it not, not probably not half of his average from last season. Well, I mean, he was to blame for one of Rocky Lombardi's fumbles when he doesn't come up and pick up that outside linebacker on that right. point. Just, just, just poor blocking right there. So I can understand maybe he got benched for a couple drives for that. I think they liked what Hayward gives them in the past game because he can he's had great hands and he is pretty good in pass pro. So I, I think that's why they like Hayward. I there was just too much of him. He 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 and, and I, it's fine to sprinkle him in every once in a while because he, he's a north and south guy. He'll get some short yarded situations. You can take the pressure off more of your guys who do it do it all like your three down bats which i think simmons Ant williams and elijah collins are more like you didn't even see anthony williams yesterday so i i, I mean I, I i don't know what's going on with the running room running back room and i mean it's hard to say like elijah collins needs more touches because when he was in the game he looked horrible like he he, he didn't yeah. like he did not play good yesterday when he was in the game he almost looked disinterested honestly but i mean it all goes back to the offensive line, though. It really does. We can talk about the running backs and, like, whatever, and who's getting touches or not. This offensive line, for the third straight year, maybe fourth straight year, looks like it has not improved. 
No, I agree with you there. And, and I'm just to take it down to a, a micro sense here, like, especially when you're playing Rutgers, you would expect your offensive line to dominate the, the, the opposing defensive line. And instead, what we got yesterday was we saw, you know, it was kind of flipped, honestly. Michigan State's defensive line kind of dominated Rutgers' offensive line. And that, to me, shouldn't have been the case at all because you're exactly right. This offensive line really hasn't improved over the last couple seasons. And that's something that, yeah, if, if, if the offensive line, it's basic football. If the offensive line isn't playing well, isn't going to block for your quarterback, isn't going to open up holes for your running back, and you're not going to get anything going all day. And that's kind of what we saw yesterday with Michigan State. I don't know. There's, it was stagnant. It was uncreative. It was third and long every single drive at least once. You know what I'm saying? It was turnovers. It was, it was a disaster. But you're exactly right, Collins. Who, what's the old saying? Like football's one in the trenches. It yeah. is. It's those big guys up front. They didn't play well yesterday. And that was – I'm not going to say that was the biggest reason for the loss, but it's definitely top three. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this because I'm not going to jump down Tucker's throat like immediately. Because... Oh, I'm not either, but coaching was the number one reason for the loss yesterday. Yes. I will say that. Number one reason. And you said something that really just struck me that, I mean, there was no creativity on first down. I think the only really play that they was a little creative was the first play on the offensive side of the ball for Michigan State where you had that like 20-yard catch from Jaden Reed and then he fumbles it. That was the only creative first down call that I thought I saw from Jay Johnson and staff. You can't just – this is not one of those teams where you can just – it's three yards on first down. And guess what? You're playing Michigan this week, who arguably has a top 15, top 10 defensive line in America with some legit playmakers on there. So I don't know if they were trying to save some stuff for Michigan or something because they shouldn't because they, they're not good enough to do that. But the, the play calling just has to be better. It's I, I understand it's week one. You haven't had a whole year to get with these guys and be in the system. I know you got hired late. And you haven't been able to get on the field and practice these things as much as they probably want to. But like I I could have been calling the, but it was cruise control on first down. Yes. And the thing is, is it, it, we cannot stress this enough that it is Rutgers. That team is going to win two games this year, max, maximum two games. Say they play another team that turns the ball over six times. They'll probably win that one too, but I don't even know. Nothing's given when you're playing Rutgers. That's what I'm. That, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is yes, you're exactly right. Maybe this was somewhat of a feel-out game for Mel Tucker trying to get it going because you got Michigan next week and you're trying to see what you got. Maybe keep some stuff in the bag. But I just, dude, get the win. You're playing the worst team in the conference at home. And if there's one way to turn off half your fan base, because you know if you've been on Twitter at all over the last 12 hours. It's not looking good. No one's no one's happy with Mel Tucker, and I, I'm not one of those people. I'm going to be well, patient. Well, I mean, you, you well, shouldn't be happy with Mel Tucker. You cannot. Yes, Michigan that's State all, that's has all I'm saying. Like more it, talent it, it, than Rutgers. They we were actually out coached. You're, you're yes, out coached. You got circles coached around him by Shiano. but you you just at this point, it's like you have to walk the line between you can't just fall back on, well, it was his first game and he'll settle in because that actually was a disaster yesterday. That was a train wreck. It's not even like he coached. That's the worst, that's the worst way he could have started. That was worse than any D'Antonio coaching job last year. Yeah. 
I is that know. hyperbole? What do you think? No, I don't. I mean, they got when they got blown up by Wisconsin, that was horrible. But I mean, but I, getting, I, I, I mean, I, getting beat by three scores by Rutgers. I know. At home. I know. <sighs> But I, I'll say this. I mean, they, they lost by three scores, but it, it, that game was it, – it, it was a two-score game the whole game, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is still still not not good in, at any sense. Like, it's, it, it's just crazy we're talking about this right now. And, oh, and I'm getting text messages from buddies and stuff. Does Michigan State win a game this year? And I don't know if they do. If they play like they did yesterday, I think they had the talent and you saw glimpses of what this team could possibly do where they can maybe get three wins. Cause I, 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 when I looked at the schedule, I thought four wins is probably the best they could do right now. I I mean, you lose the Rutgers who I think most people penciled in as a W 99% of people. Yes. Unless you're on the East coast. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you go from here? That, well, for that, me, that, that, that's the question now because you got Michigan and they just absolutely house Minnesota on the road, had game day there, Saturday night football, you got Herbie there, and they housed them. Milton looked good. The defense looked really good for Michigan. And Michigan State just lost by two scores of Rutgers. Like, I, I, I don't know how this gets any better next week. I don't know. Well, I want to clarify something that I said earlier, just, just – just real quick for our listeners, I am not completely out on Mel Tucker. How can you be? It's one game. I'm not out at all. I'm just saying. I'm just simply saying that was not a good starting point. You can't no. get worse than that. I will say that. With that Rock exact, bottom. You cannot do worse than he, than Mel Tucker did yesterday. So the sky is the limit. The only way up is up now. We're gonna see what happens next week against your in-state rival, the Wolverines. But I will say this. The question you posed, will Michigan State win a game? Well, I do think it's a valid question after what we saw yesterday from this squad. I had this team at 5-3 and three coming into the year, I believe. That's not happening, obviously, because yeah. Rutgers, that is a that is a as gimme as it gets in this conference. I mean, that, that might be the only gimme in this conference this season for Michigan State looking at that schedule, and they completely fumbled, for lack of a better term, no pun intended. It, it's like – you're 0-1. Now you're fighting an uphill battle from the from the jump. You got your in-state rival next week. There's a good chance you lose by quite a bit. We'll talk about all that later and stuff. But I just – if you're – Collins, you said something. If Michigan State turns the ball over six times, doesn't matter who they're going to play. They're not going to win a game. You're exactly right if they play like that. My thing is I don't think they will because I don't think it's humanly possible to play as bad as the Spartans did yesterday again. The problem is it came against the worst team in the conference, and that's what stings. It's similar to my my Lions losing to the Bears in that fashion week one, and you just start the season like that. It's a sour note, and then you got to move on from there. I absolutely do think Michigan State wins a game. My five and three prediction has gone completely out the window. Four wins, even still probably out the window. It's looking like three wins is the ceiling now for this team because of what we saw yesterday. Shout out to Julian Mitchell former host of the show just texted me a great question do you think mel tucker's expectations were too high coming into year one no i i because to be honest i can only speak from what what my what my opinion is and yeah shout out julian by the way not to, love that not, guy not to completely gloss over that we just got a text from a legend we gotta not yeah. that. but my 
what was it? Oh yeah, Mel Tucker. I can only speak from one man's opinion, and that is mine. I I did not have any expectations really coming into. This. I didn't either. I, I, I didn't guess my either. only expectation would be, can you beat Rutgers? But that's neither here nor there. I guess I'll just say this. The expectation was that you just come in and give us something a little bit more exciting than 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 Spartan Nation saw last year with Mark D'Antonio at the end of that regime and Dave Warner and that whole dumpster fire disaster that it became it wasn't always that obviously we know very well about the glory days of spartan football from the last half decade we understand that but you can't do what you did yesterday yeah that's obvious i mean expectations are not expectations are not but yes given covid given the fact the way in which mel tucker was brought in and you alluded to that earlier given the fact that he's not really playing with any of his recruits at all i mean it's like all those things taken into context, no, I don't think there's hefty expectations at all. But I definitely think if there are expectations, they were not met yesterday. And I think we harped on that. We completely beat the dead horse there. So I'll turn it back over to you. I mean, I, I, I had zero expectations for this team. Zero. I just My expectation was play, be somewhat competitive, give your rivals some games, and then you'll see what happens. Like, just see what happens. But, like, yesterday they were just – I'm harping on it too much. They were just out coached the whole like, and they they looked like a poorly coached football team with the turnovers, the penalties. I mean, they caught a couple bad breaks. I don't know if you'd call a penalty on that pitch six. I mean, I guess that's a point of emphasis in college football now, but I didn't think that was a penalty. But and you had that block in the back on Jaden Reed that negated a big run. But yeah, this team, this team has a long way to go and I, I don't know what I want to see with see from them the rest of the year because we can talk about Michigan I they're not beating Michigan they're not beating them next week I'm sorry and it, it, it hates it, it kills me to even I I have to say this a week out that and it makes a rivalry less fun when one team is just so superior to the other and Michigan is right now like yeah. like you're and maybe that's a kick in the pants Mel and these guys need in year one, because I, I I don't think you could have expected them to compete with the Michigans and Penn States and Ohio States this year, but there's talent on this roster. So, uh, I, I mean, my goal and my wish for this team as a Michigan State fan for the rest of the season, just look competent. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they did. They definitely played hard. Just play smart football. And, and I mean, that's like the only goal I can have the rest of the year because I have no expectations for this team to do anything above maybe winning two games or winning one game at this point. So, No, you're exactly right, and everything you said about the rivalry is spot on. It's just that you're right. A rivalry isn't fun unless both teams kind of come in with it with an equal and mindset. And Michigan State's ruined it this year because they stink. Michigan State ruined it this year. by well, first of all, the fact that it's the second game of the year is a little crazy, but that's that's just whatever. It's 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 COVID nineteen. I get it. But losing to Rutgers the way they did, and I know we've said this five thousand times already in this in this first hour, but that's unacceptable, and it sets you up for failure next week when you're playing the best team or the the second best team in the conference. So you're right, Collins. I would love to sit here making case Michigan State can win next week, but I think all you're relying on at this point is just the fact that it's a rivalry game and these guys will get up for it. And I think they'll play hard, but playing hard doesn't always win. It just doesn't when you're playing talent. 
You know what I mean? When you're playing talent like Michigan yeah. and, and, and what Jim Harbaugh has in his, what is it now, his sixth season there? Yeah, I believe got so. Got a full roster of Harbaugh guys and I'm whatever. Say Milton what looked about. good last night. Well, they, they rolled Minnesota, and I think Minnesota is going to be a good team as well. So that's alarming. But, yeah, I mean, going into next week, I think all you have to hang your head on if you're the Spartans is just that it's a rivalry game and you're always going to have a chance. Because if I'll tell you right now, if we're just judging it off of Saturday, the Spartans are going to lose by three scores next week. They're getting their pants pulled down by Michigan on national TV. And, for the and second year in a row. The second year in a row because last season the, the team basically quit halfway through the third quarter. So – Whatever. Not to rehash all of that, but it's just like, you're exactly right. It kind of sucked the life out of this beginning stint of the year because at least. Did I really want football back just to have Michigan State right. lose yeah, the Rutgers and just rip kinda, my heart out? That's exactly kind of how I feel. And you're at this, you're at this crossroads now where it's like, if you were able to dismantle Rutgers yesterday, like you should have, and you win that game by maybe three or four scores then you can go into the Michigan game, even with Michigan rolling Minnesota like the way they did. You can go into next week, and you can sort of do the mental gymnastics, as Ryan Collins likes to say. Yeah, you're like, okay, maybe maybe they'll play. I have no confidence. And if you're a Michigan State fan and believe you have any confidence that Michigan State could make this game close, I mean, I could see this game being a close game. It's a rivalry game. Michigan State got blown out last year. And Michigan State can't play worse than they did yesterday. They simply can't. Seven turnovers, really silly turnovers, and they literally had no running. They cannot play worse than they did against Rutgers. But it doesn't even matter. Like, even if you take away those turnovers, I didn't see enough. And I I didn't think I was going to see enough for this team to even compete with Michigan right now. They're just not at that place right now, which which sucks and is sad. And And that's why Mel Tucker's here. So I, I have no expectation. I mean, the expectations for next week is just don't get embarrassed. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a pretty good goal. I mean, it's good to start. It's sad. There. It's sad. I have to say it, that it is sad. But you're you're exactly right. Win or lose yesterday against Rutgers, this is kind of a restart of the program here. You brought in Mel Tucker. You're exactly right. He's here to 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 bring you back to the point where you can go into the Michigan game with a little confidence. You can go into the Ohio State game with a thought of like, maybe we can beat this team, whatever. That's why he's here. And it's year one. So I want to reiterate one, one last I mean, time. I, I want I to reiterate mad. one last I, time. We're all on Mel Tucker. We're going to be, I'm just we're in on Tucker. Yeah, I'm you're in or you're out. I'm still in. I'm of course I'm in. Of course I'm in. I'm also in on Rocky. I'm still in on Rocky. You're in on Rocky. Cause you think he has the greatest football name of all time, but you're not, well, he does. You're His name is Rocky Lombardi. Yeah. He cannot be bad. You, you can't have a better name than that. But anyway, it's the best name ever. I got nothing else to add. What do you got? Nothing. I, I think we're going to take a quick break here. Yeah, we've After the break, Yeah. I, I think we need to get to – I need a towel, a little sweat towel to <laughs> yeah. get the lather I just created just talking in circles about Michigan State football. But after the break, we're going to talk some World Series and Sparty Awards. You're listening to Dream White Report on WTBM. Stay with us. Welcome back into the Green and White Report, 11.45 a.m., about an hour, 15 minutes till the NFL games kick off. But, i got to set my fantasy lineup. You just saying that right there gave me some anxiety. I haven't done that yet. I, wow. I know no one wants to hear about my fantasy football team. 
no, Michael I, Thomas. I know. No, one, no one ever wants to hear about anyone's fantasy football team. Yeah, it's but funny. When people start talking about their fantasy team, you just kind of tune out. You're like, oh, sweet. Hey, dude. they want to hear about Hanks. We're helping Hanks. We're helping Hanks well, team. Don't forget about that. That's an yeah. exception. That's an exception because we yeah. got we got a segment for that. But whatever, Kyle. I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad. You're well, I mean, about. yeah, I I have three injuries in fantasy, but no one wants to hear about that. But whatever. Let's move on. You watched the World Series last night, Trent? Of course. I did not. And I, I'm not even going to lie to listeners. I'm not going to lie. I just woke up and I just saw all these tweets. Baseball, like exclamation point. Wow. It's just I'm like, what happened in the baseball game? And last night, the way that game ended is arguably the craziest baseball play yes. I have ever seen in my entire life. I echo that completely. This is for all the baseball haters out there, and there's a lot of them, and it's it, it, it makes me sick. But that was <coughs> – excuse me – as exciting of a finish as you will ever see. So if you didn't see it and you didn't appreciate it, go watch it, go check it out. And I guess maybe if you didn't, if you didn't see the whole crescendo of the ninth inning unfold, then maybe it wouldn't be as exciting to watch the replay, but you have to remember the, the Tampa Bay race. Let, so let's just, let's just fill people in. If they didn't, if they didn't see it, Tampa explain Bay, it to me, Trent, cause I didn't watch. Okay. Well, well let, let me, I, I got you. The Tampa Bay Rays were down six to seven, ended up winning the ball game eight to seven, but they were down six to seven heading into the ninth inning. All right. Yes. Kenley Jansen, the Dodgers closer who, who stinks. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have know why he's on him, so. but I, I, judging off uh, Twitter last night, I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't been great this year. Nope. A little Jose, Jose Valverde esque possibly. I'm not sure. Lost his but, velocity. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's a name that we all know, but I'm just not quite sure if he can get the job done because your job as the closer is literally just to come in for one inning and get three outs. And, it's a lot harder than that sounds. but No, no, I, I understand, especially in the World Series when you're trying to go up 3-1, I completely get it, but I got to back up here. So the Tampa Bay Rays down one run going into the ninth inning. Long story short, they get a couple guys on base, but there's two outs. There's two outs with a man on, I believe it was second and first. Is that right? Yeah. Second and first, two outs. You get him at the plate. There's a four city bag, whatever. And I forget what the what the Rays player's name was. I should totally know. I I, I saw the video. So I and I, I imagine most people listening saw the video of the single and then it was a bloop single over the second baseman's yeah. head. It's a one hopper in the center field, and and I it was uh, Chris Taylor in center field completely played it horribly. He he botched it. Now here's the thing though. It, it I'm not gonna say it shouldn't have mattered, but. Obviously, that the, the tying run scores on that. Okay, that's a big yeah. error. But if, if he gets the ball in to Max Muncie, all right? Yes. At first base. It, it, was, it was a wild chain of events. Max Muncie then at first base throws it home to Will Smith, the catcher that, with the name everyone loves for obvious reasons. And Max Muncie throws it to the opposite side of the plate. And Maybe Will, 100 miles per hour, too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, he, he chucked that thing. Will Smith at the plate is looking like, is he coming or is he not? Because because now you got another raised base runner flying around the third baseline, and he actually gets caught there. You could totally pickle him up, end the inning, and now we're going to extras. Instead, the throw is a little outside. Catcher doesn't even catch it. Will Smith, he just kind of sweeps it over. And I, I, this is this is horrible radio. You got to just go just watch the worst it. radio <laughs> ever. But <laughs> it, 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 it's brutal radio. But you got to go watch it. It's one of those things you just have to see it unfold. Because it was the most exciting finish you'll ever see in a baseball game, especially given that it was in the World Series, and it tied it up. It's yeah. two to two now. I've really enjoyed watching World Series and playoff baseball this year, and it's kind of nice that they have fans. 
Dessert is an atmosphere at these baseball games. Yeah. And For sure, I, even though it's in Texas and all that stuff. But the, there, there's an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I've enjoyed that. I mean, I think the Dodgers are the superior team. And, I mean, the Rays bats haven't really – they can't really hit. It's kind of, like, weird to think about. I mean, their pitching has just been so good throughout the playoffs that, like – Randy, like Randy, I don't want to say his last name. The guy scored the scoring run, the winning run last night. Randy, whatever, the rookie, could basically carry them offensively and single-handedly get them into a position where they could win a World Series. But if their bats wake up, I mean, we're, we're possibly looking at a game seven here. Yeah, but, I, I, I think it's a seven-game series through and through now, especially, you know, after it's a little bit of revisionist history because originally I picked the Dodgers in six. Now yeah. I feel like it's going to go seven after what we saw last night. But you're exactly right, Collins. The Dodgers are a team that you just expect, you expect the Dodgers to literally score five or six runs every game. You go back and look at other postseasons gone. They're a high-scoring team with hot bats. They got great pitching. They are, from top to bottom, the better team. The Rays are a smaller market, and that's why a lot of people are rooting for the Rays. They're also pretty exciting. Got some exciting players, but I will say this: race? I think I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I want Kershaw to get one. Oh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Dodgers, but like I want to see it. You know, I was excited last night when the Rays won because that was just a great finish. And as a baseball fan, that, that that's as pure as it gets right there. But I just want to see it go seven. I really do. I think it'd be awesome. You prompted a question into the dot, and you asked because. One guy who's been getting a lot of play during this World Series and getting a lot of love on social media has been Mookie Betts because, I mean, last offseason, Red Sox deal him. And you're just seeing all the tweets. You're like, Are the, what were the Red Sox thinking? Like, stuff like that. Yeah. I think he's probably the most marketable player in Major League Baseball, not named Fernando Tatis. I just personally think that. He's got that cool factor to him, and he's just really good. I don't think he's the best player in baseball. That was the prompt that you said. I think he's the best defensive right fielder, though, I've ever seen, personally. Yeah, that's fair because, I mean, they played a highlight reel last night at one point, and it was just him. He's made some big catches. Flying around. Flying around. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's just an athlete, for one. I mean, he's only five. Does everything. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a wonder. But I'll say this, I, I, I do think he's the best player in baseball. That's why I guess I wanted to ask the question to you is I know, I know in baseball it's a little different because you can't put like a LeBron stamp on your team where it's like, yeah, I'm going to make all four guys on the floor better here. Because in baseball you factually do have to rely on your pitching and eight other guys to hit. So I get it. But Mike Trout, all the, I, I understand Mike Trout probably is maybe the the best – I mean, he, he's probably got the title right now, right, of best player in the world? Yes, he is. Yeah, so I, I, I would just say I what – it hasn't translated to much. And I'm not a part of that. I know there's a lot more that goes into it. It's the organization everything. But Mookie Betts, this dude won a World Series, got traded. By the way, what an embarrassing – I don't mean to rip Boston sports here – but that just kind of goes to show how how the, the embarrassment. I mean, the Red, I mean, John Henry, I think the Red Sox owner. I mean, maybe one of the worst moves. It, it like it was one but of those moves that like they made saying, it. They don't want another star. They've had so many stars for years. They're just like, ah, oh, we don't want to pay luxury tax anymore. What? This dude is unbelievable. I mean, for what Mookie Betts burns your organization, all that like tax dollars and all that stuff. 
it goes right away when he's taking you the World Series year in and year out. So, yeah. I mean, just a bonehead move by Boston. And literally everyone in Boston knew that was a bad decision immediately once they made it. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think Moots is about, Mookie is the best player in baseball, but he's pretty cool. I'll tell you that. And he's one I, – I, Mookie Betts is arguably my favorite non-Detroit Tiger baseball player right now. Oh, I, he's he's – I don't know if he's mine, but he's definitely fun to watch. And he, he's, he's, he's marketable. Point. He's an actual marketable athlete that the MLB like somehow is not capitalizing on more. I think, you know, not, not in terms of talent necessarily, because Patrick Mahomes is an echelon above where Betts is in baseball. But I think you compare him to the Patrick Mahomes of baseball and that he's, eh. young, he's young. He's already won. He's the best player on his team. And everywhere he goes, he's going to be a winner. And he's very marketable. Great funny guy, you know, cool guy. He's got that swag to him. He's got a rocket of an The Dodgers kind of got swag. I will say that. Like that well, Bellinger home run. Yeah, how like, can you not? Know. It's LA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that was our baseball talk. I figured we'd get that in the mix. Yeah, wait, but, wait, wait. Let me I want your pick on the record. What do you think? What now that it's 2 to 2? How many you think it I think goes Dodgers won in 6. I think Kershaw there's a gem in game 5. And then Bueller shuts the door in game six or game seven. But I, I, okay. I personally think it's only going six. Bueller is so good. Yeah. I don't know if anyone watched game three. Walker Bueller is probably arguably the best pitcher in baseball for my money. I know Jacob DeGrom's like numbers every year are just stupid. And the Mets are just so bad. So they can't get him in a position to pitch on these big stages. But Walker Bueller is just running up a 98 mile per hour, two seamer and like four seamer. that are just moving everywhere. And he's had great command. So, well, I, I mean, next time Walker Bueller pitches, it's must-see TV because he's he's that dude. He's that dude. Agree. What do you think? Are you, so you got the Dodgers too? I got the Dodgers in seven. And part of me, I, I would actually agree with you. If I had a, if I had a gun to my head, I had to pick for money, I'd say the Dodgers in six. But I, I'm saying seven because I want to root for seven. That way, in my head, my prediction and my rooting interest is the same. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Then I can kind of double whammy myself and pat myself on the back when it happens, if it happens. Yeah, it's a good point. But like I said, that's our baseball talk. Yeah, there we go. And, and, and right now, we're going to take a little detour. At the top of the hour, usually here on the Dream and White Report, if you've been listening, when Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell were the hosts, they did the Sparty Awards at the top of the hour. It's not quite the top of the hour, but we are doing the Sparty Awards. And, and, and this week's topic is Halloween candy. Yeah, this is a good topic, Collins. Uh, originally, you know, you said a topic that I'll keep under wraps because we might be able to use it again. But I mean, Halloween's next Saturday. Wait, wait, you- guys, I got to interrupt you right here. Um, we so I guess the listeners couldn't hear me before. Now, now I believe they can. I'm on air. Welcome Hank. Welcome Hank. Then yeah. So we were just talking randomly into a ghost in the beginning yeah, of the show. So, 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 <laughs> my mom's like, hey, who? They can't, we can't hear you. So thank you, mom. Your mom texted like, you that shout I'm out to yeah, mom. Yeah, mom's That's like, this is Men and Ghost. Shout out. But, just uh, get some of the producer pay for uh, for this show. I mean, um, hey, I mean, first time doing this, we're oh, working. Oh, on here too now. You, you can't hear Slum, but he's, he's jumping yeah. in. My I bad. mean, we're, we're working on. Uh, this is this is absolutely wild, by the yeah. way. It sounds great, I think, but it's, it's absolutely yeah. wild. I mean, we're hey, doing the best we can. Jump on, I thought you were going to hop on the mic, tell us we lost our jobs or something mid-show. I was yeah, like, what? yeah, I got to interrupt you. This is over. Hey, we can do Sparty Awards <laughs> intro. You guys want to throw that on the air? Yeah, throw it on there. Give me all right, Nathan all Stearns. We're going to throw it on the air. To all the listeners at home, me and Trent cannot hear the intro, so if this well, is going very long. 
I mean, yeah. Yeah, Sparty Awards. Didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, my, I, I, I my wish I heard itself, it. I, I thought we were going to be able to hear it, and that's why I was like, uh-oh. But that's okay. First show, we're getting all the hiccups out of here. We're good. It, it's yeah. This is wild. The podcast is going to be just an editing nightmare for you guys. But yeah, yeah, I don't have I'll have fun that. doing that good for luck. like three hours. But, I mean, Halloween candy, I want to specific, like make this specific because I think there's different types of candy. Like there's movie theater candy and there's like Easter candy. I'm talking Halloween candy. Like you're, you, you get, you go up to the door, knock on the door, have your pillowcase out. You're in your Batman costume as a five-year-old and, and, and you see the fun size, whatever. And you're pumped to get that. That's what I'm talking about when I say yes. Halloween candy. Well, you nailed it. I was going to say the fun size. That's kind of the deal. That's the, that's the, that's what you got to key in on. Cause that's what that stuff's made for. You know, it's made yes. for Halloween. People expand it a little bit. They put it in the dish, you know, year-round, grandma, grandpa's house, whatever. But it's definitely made for Halloween. It's trick-or-treating. You know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, you ring the doorbell, trick-or-treat, whatever the case is, and you drop one in the pillowcase. If they're good neighbors, they'll drop two or three. Yes. I, to be honest, like, when you get, like, the king size like candy on Halloween, it's a great feeling, but I kind of like the fun size variety. Like uh, well, I do you, too, because you can also just mow down ten fun sizes in like five minutes, and you can't do that with a king size. Yeah, that's true. You got to be all or nothing on the king size. You can't just like wrap it up and leave it for later. You can't. That's do the that. thing, that's though. Like the, the king size is always like one candy bar. Like with the fun size, you got like a couple. You got like variety. Just like I'm not the I'm not a chocolate guy. I'm gonna put this out there before I start well, making my picks. I was gonna say our lists are gonna look very different because you are noted on not you're you're not a chocolate guy, self proclaimed. Yes. I am a huge chocolate guy, self proclaimed. But I didn't mean to cut and, you and, off. And, I, and I'm doing this from the heart. I'm not pandering. I, I I'm gonna say what I when I see a bowl of candy and I see that I'm like, ooh, I really want that. And I'm I'm gonna start it off nerds. I love strawberry nerds more than any candy in the world. And if you have nerds in your Halloween candy bowl, I'm ecstatic. I love it. It could be rainbow nerds. I don't really like grape nerds. A nerd rope, I, I, I'm I'm fired up. Any of those things, I'm fired up about. Okay, that's a good for. Are we, how are we attacking this? Are we going top down or, or bottom up? Uh, I mean, you just say your top four. I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah, don't top down. Don't number numero uno. Okay, number one for me is peanut M Ms. Always has been, always will be. That is my favorite candy. I am a huge chocolate guy. I'm a huge peanuts guy. It's a match made in heaven. No one can tell me differently. The yellow packaging is also a plus. That was my favorite color as a kid. I love yellow M&M M&M. is hype. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the funniest one for sure. Are you a peanut butter M&M guy now? Yes, yes. Those are also very good. Not quite as good as peanut M&Ms, but they're delicious. They're still a 9 out of 10. Do they taste the same as Reese's Pieces? Because isn't that what Reese's no. Pieces is? No, no. Reese's Pieces are basically M and M's that are made. Up, they're, they're the same size as a, as a standard M M&M, and M. No, no. That's what I'm saying though. That's yeah. peanut butter though. No, but the peanut butter M and M's are different. There, there's like a ball of peanut butter in there, and it's bigger. It's about three. It's about the size of three M and M's put together. Food scientist Trent over here. College, you gotta you gotta dabble in the chocolate a little bit. Come I on, hate it, dude. Man. I cannot. I just can't stand chocolate. I know it makes me a psychopath. But I just can't do it. I just cannot stand chocolate. I don't think it makes you a psychopath. Different strokes are different folks. Don't be so yes. down on yourself. You like and, nerds. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this nuts Halloween one I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Starburst. I know I just kind of bashed the king size, but if someone has a full-size Starburst, like, 
at, at the door, it is the best feeling in the world because that's the Starbursts are so good because you got the like the four different flavors, you got the variety, and you just you just love making your way down. It, it's a perfect combination, but their fun size too is great. And I like the little idea that like you don't know what flavor you're gonna get. And I personally like all the Starburst flavor. And people might say I'm a psycho because I I think yellow is the best Starburst flavor. I knew you were gonna say that after you said the psycho thing because that's a hot take. But I actually agree with you. Yellow is the best flavor. My Everyone hates my yellow and orange, and I just don't get it. Like pink. I think pink might be overrated. It's very good. It they're might all be overrated. They're all elite. All the original Starbucks. They're so good. They're yeah. so good. No, agree. So I guess I, my, my second one would be Snickers for a lot of the reasons that I just laid out for peanut M&Ms. By the way, Snickers also great marketing. Just a, uh, Snickers Do you is like great. the Snickers marketing? I, I'm kind of sick of it. Like, I, Okay, I, fair. But I'm also kind of sick of the Green Bay Packers winning the division every year. So I, it's just, Yeah, that's you know, true. It, 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 is, it, it, it is like an American pastime where you're watching football on Sunday and you're like watching like the Packers beat the Lions and it's like Betty White getting hit by like a brick and it's like feel like <laughs> feel bad eat a Snickers like that that yeah. that's like an American pastime. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's always funny stuff. But yes, for many of the reasons I laid out with the peanut M and M's beforehand, follow over for the Snickers. It's just great. It's it's peanuts. It's chocolate. You get caramel in there. Nougat. I don't even know what nougat is, but it's delicious. So, so give me all that. Are, so it sounds like you're a big peanut guy. I don't eat peanuts by themselves, but yes, I am. A huge, I, actually, I take that back. When I go to Texas Roadhouse or Logan's, if I go there, if I'm so inclined to go there, um, they're, they're delicious. When they have the, the, the peanuts sitting out in the, in the big barrels and you eat them and you throw the shells in the ground, that's awesome. That's elite. But I don't eat peanuts as a snack, really. It's got to be mixed with the chocolate. That's the big okay. thing. Yes. So, so you're not a payday guy. No, paydays stink. That is like I don't. I don't like that. I actually kind of like paydays, but. Oh. Hey, what about well, the? Uh, what about the the nut rolls? Do you like those? What are those? I don't it's... know what nut rolls are, Hank. Oh, that's those? not a candy. That must be a UP thing. We don't have. No, those. no, no. Come on, it's got like the marshmallow and the and the peanuts. Come on. I have never heard of a nut roll. Hank, that's that not is... a real candy. That's I don't a think UP that's thing. a real candy. Somebody, you made that oh, up. You made that up. We're gonna do. We're gonna do. We need a live audience called the up minute with hank menigo <laughs> gonna give us something that exists in the up that doesn't exist idea. from here week one it's nut rolls never heard of it in my life nut roll okay week one so <laughs> hank are you really telling me nut rolls are being handed out at halloween in up no be- because <laughs> they're too expensive okay th- then i why'd you even bring them up i didn't never even heard well, of I'm, these things i'm gonna go buy one right now i don't know what you're talking about dude you buy, that good. It, you buy one today and send me a picture and then yeah, I, I will I comment on what i think of it I, okay, I'm heading to the local five and dime right after this. Okay, there you go. There you go. Okay, <laughs> my number three. I, again, I don't think we have five and dimes, Lower Peninsula, whatever. We, we don't know what that is. I, I, like just, I, cliche, I, think. I, I let that slip. Because <laughs> I, I might have heard that in a song cliche. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I let cliche. that slide because I didn't want to get too off track, but that was a preposterous thing you just said. But um, <laughs> uh, number three, I'm going to go Skittles. I think their fun size packaging is like the best fun size one because there's like actually a lot of Skittles. There's a lot of Skittles and it's also very easy to rip open. Very random plus there, but it, it, very easy to open. I like, I, I, and I think I like red Skittles the most. Okay. But I, I love me an orange Skittle. I, uh, orange Skittles are very slept on. 
I've got a friend, uh, shout out JC. She goes to the movie theater and she goes to the Skittles like dispenser where you can choose your color and she just gets a bucket of green Skittles. That's her that's, favorite. That's actually, green Skittles are head and shoulders the worst Skittle in the Skittle family. See, my thing, I don't even taste the different flavors. Because my if thing, you, like, I do this like, with nerds too. I gobble don't a bunch of them up, you don't taste the difference. You're right. No, yeah, I don't. I, I, I can honestly say I've never like gone through my Skittles pouch and eaten colors different. I just dump them in and I just chew them up and it's delicious. I don't know if we're going to have to do another Sparty's award, Sparty award later in the year about movie theater candy, but there's a difference between what we're yeah. saying and how, like I said it earlier, but like, I don't know if I like Skittles as a movie theater, like candy. I wouldn't, I would not. Movie like, that's not like, but it's a great Halloween candy. That's like the beauty of this, this Sparty awards. Ugh. No, no, it How many is. options you can go? I hear you. I'll, I'll, I'll continue the train here. My third pick, and I am a big poster child for this candy, is Laffy Taffy. Love it. Oh, oh my, Super this is underrated. maybe the worst pick I've ever what heard. What are you talking award. about? You're, you're over here Laffy talking Taffy's about how you... Laffy are so bad, dude. They're so bad. You don't like chocolate, but you don't like Laffy Taffy. Yo, tr- Yo Collins, this literally, it's literally a Starburst stretched out. Dude, Laffy Taffy's has like maybe one good flavor. No, there, I, I, there, I think there's there's four good flavors of Laffy Taffy, okay? There's banana, there's grape. Okay, you just absolutely just peed all, peed all over the point you just made. Banana Laffy Taffy is arguably one of the worst candies I've ever that's, had in my That's life. my favorite flavor. That is number oh one. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me, Trent? No, I also love banana runts. Runts are not on my list here because that, again, is a movie theater candy, but I love runts. And I love banana flavored runs because banana flavoring is delicious. I go to Steak and Shake and I get a banana flavored shake, the classic yellow one. It's delicious. Oh, Steak and Shake, fantastic place. I love that place. I'm trying to think. I think I might like the pink Laffy Taffy, but ah, uh, that. No one I, doesn't like Laffy Taffy. Like dude, I, can under, I, I can understand if you if you don't love it. Like it's it, stuck no in one, your teeth though. It's like it's a mess eating doesn't? one. The Starburst not. I don't know. Collins, what's the difference between a Laffy Taffy and a Starburst? Starbursts are good and Laffy Taffy's aren't. That's the difference. Well, let me let me let me throw one more point in before we get your fourth one and complete the Mount Rushmore here on the Smarty Awards. Laffy Taffy has jokes on the side. And that is they a probably le- stink. Are they like the like the when you get a baseball card and you get the stick of gum and it's stale and it's just awful. Well, yes, those are what those course. jokes are probably like. Of course, the jokes stink, but it's there's nothing quite like being with your buddies and ripping off one of those, and then you just laugh at it because it's just dumb. It's so fun. You don't like that? I don't know if I've had memories with my friends like, hey, this Laffy Taffy joke really killing me. <laughs> no, I don't either. You you laugh because it's stupid, and then you see that the the joke is from some kid in Scranton, Pennsylvania or something like that, some crazy town. And it's just, it's hilarious. Whatever. I, I'll, I'll move, we'll move on. Laffy Taffy though. It's on my list for sure. My fourth pick is more of a wild card pick. And like I said, I know my list stinks because I don't like chocolate. If we had more of a chocolate, I feel like Ryan Rabinowitz is listening to this right now. And like, I have a buddy, Will, if he ever listens to this, that he's literally going to like rip my head off. Because they're just like they, they just love chocolate and they're yeah. chocolate connoisseurs. And I, I'm just not giving the variety they need on this list, but this is my list. So I, I, my last pick, a wild card, is a blow pop. I love a good blow pop. They're dude, so good. 
That is not that is not a bad pick at all. You know, I I I, I guess I when I think of blow pops, I associate it with you know going to the ball fields when you're younger. Going to watch I don't your, know. I think your I, brothers I think... play. That that's me because I didn't play myself. So I, I I just sat there with a blow pop and it was great. Blow pops are delicious. That's a that's a very good very 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 good pick. That's a sleeper. Blow then about blow pops are like. I don't think they've gotten the love that like Tootsie Pops get, which I really don't get. Well, they're so much better than Tootsie Pops. I know. And they, they, they don't get the same recognition. I don't get it. Blow Pops and Tootsie Pops are also like elementary school candy. Like your teacher has that on her desk for some reason. True. And they also last a really long time and the gum tastes amazing for about two minutes and then it's disgusting, but it yes. tastes awesome. It, this was a tough pick for me because personally, like I think uh, more occasionally on a like, I would I would enjoy a dum dum more than a blow pop, but like when I'm thinking of the joy of trick or treating, and I get to see a strawberry blow pop in one of the little the Halloween bowl, I'm fired up. I'm like, give me the strawberry blow. I it's it's a top five for me every single time. I, even though I enjoy a dum dum maybe a little bit more on a more regular basis, I love a blow pop, especially on Halloween. Okay, very good pick. That's actually very. I'm impressed with you on that one. That's a good pick. I, I will say this for my last one, not really that much of a wild card. I'm getting back on chocolate to make, make my top four, three out of four round on chocolate. What? And then you round it out. You got to round out yeah. the group. You, you got yeah. to have, you got to have the skill position players. You got to have the offensive linemen. My, my player, my team is just all finesse right now. Your team's more of a more well-balanced rounded team. Your team is all finesse because chocolate brings all the power and you got none of that, but it's okay. Finesse teams win. Ask the Golden State Warriors. My okay, last dude. pick here. K. Charles Barkley. Is, is, yeah, yeah. The Portland Trailblazers will sweep the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get off the That's air. That's a great Chuck impression. <laughs> Thanks. I kind of, I kind of, that was, that was half-hearted. But I'll, I'll give you my full one someday on the yeah. air randomly. We'll, we'll try it. My last pick, Kit Kat. So good. Also, the, the, the fun size Kit Kat. Specifically, you can fit it in your mouth in one bite, and it's amazing because the wafer – the chocolate kind of melts around your tongue and then the wafers is crunchy and it's perfect. I'm telling you, it's a great sensation. I will say this. We talked about Snickers marketing, Kit Kat marketing, not great. Stinks. It needs you to be a lot so? Yeah. Give me a break. No, Give me a break. Yeah, of that Kit Kat they're not Kit doing that right. A... The thing is, is they could do a lot better with that. Give me like a star. Give me like Usher singing that or something like that. Then I'm all Usher. in on Kit Kat. Give me Chris Brown. That is, that is like your go-to guy for a star. Well, I'm just Usher. thinking who's marketable, who's going to sing the jingle. And Usher sing in like 2010, maybe. <laughs> no, it's also, it's got to be realistic. You could get Usher to do a Kit Kat commercial these days. Yeah, you probably could. You're not getting Beyonce to do a Kit Kat. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not you getting enough money at her, maybe. I don't know. You're not getting Drake to do a, a, a Kit Kat commercial. You got to go Drake would models. definitely do a, tit, a Kit Kat commercial. Has Drake yeah. ever done a commercial? He does Sprite, doesn't he? I think he does Sprite. Something like that. Sprite's in like eight commercials a day in Canada, dude. That that guy's that guy's like royalty yeah. over there. But down here, whatever. I don't know. So Kit, Kit, so Kit Kat rounds out your list. Yes. I, I'm going to read back my list. I had Nerds, Starburst, Skittles, and Blow Pops. Hank, what you have? I mean, Trent, what you have? I had Peanut M&M's, Snickers, Laffy Taffy, and Kit Kat. Hank, what we miss? Man, Twix. You're a big Twix, Twix guy. Big Twix, Twix guy. Good. I like Snickers. I know. I know Trent said Snickers. Nut roll. 
I don't. I don't know if Nut Rolls on the top four, but I gotta give it. Not, I gotta Nut Rolls is not a Halloween candy. If you're saying, I have. Oh, too it's expensive. Halloween candy. Okay. Yeah. There was a whole list. Were you listening? No, I, I'm running back and forth, dude. <laughs> I know. I, I'm giving. I'm giving Hank a hard time, but he's the reason we're having a show today. So yeah, Hank's continue. I, I. I. I want your input. Okay. What, when you when you go to the Halloween bowl, you're looking for a Twitch. Is that your number one candy? Me? You're yeah. Hank. Hank. Oh, Hank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Twitch you is like your little, number one. The little, the little fun size ones. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll dig around for those. Okay. Those I, I will say ones. I will say one that we missed. I will say one that we missed. That is not one of my personal favorites, but I would say nationally, this is definitely something we miss. Is Reese's. Reese's yeah, you guys said Reese's. I agree. Everyone loves it. Reese's cups. Everyone loves those. Didn't make our top four, which is kind of crazy but considering the fact that ryan collins won't touch chocolate with a 30-foot bowl yeah you know it's it's pretty it's pretty uh realistic to think but whatever yeah that was a pretty good list it was fun good sporty awards good good sporty awards hank just there's i'm pretty sure there's a phone call in the studio and hank's eyes literally just did, he was like please no please yeah, I, I, I can't i can't mix in another thing into the show we but need one more audio input to just kind of come in and just mess it all up that's what we need yes but you're listening to Green White Report. We're going to take a quick little break. After the break, we're going to do some NFL picks and, and, and kind of deep dive into what's going to happen this Sunday. But you're listening to Green White Report on WDBM. Stay locked in. Back here at the Green and White Report, Ryan Collins, Trent Bally, about 12-18. 42 minutes to kick off here in the NFL. Trent's got his Matthew Stafford jersey on right now. You know, I must confess, this is actually my mother's jersey, which is kind of funny. What? Because, well, here's the deal. I came home on Thursday night to hang out with my brothers and my family and stuff, and I was supposed to head back either Friday night or Saturday morning. One thing led to another. Here I am, still here on a Sunday. Uh, obviously not going to drive back during the Lions game, so I'm pretty pumped to watch the game with my family. But I didn't bring any of my gear because I didn't think I'd be here during the game. So my mom lent me her Stafford jersey. Shout out, mom. Stand up. I I know this is bad radio. How does it? Does it like oh, fit it's, you? It's, yeah, it's just it's a men's small. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't think I could fit into a men's small since like maybe fifth grade. But you could for a, for an NFL jersey. You could. They're huge. Maybe I don't know. What would anyone who needs more than a than a men's medium for a for a jersey is. A very large person, I would say. Larger than average. Okay. One thing I wanted to mention before we got into NFL, MSU cut their swimming and diving program this week, which sucks. Like, I I mean, I'm not going to give you some analysis about what the achievements that team and just that program has had over the years, but that just sucks. There's people losing their jobs, people losing what they do, what they love. I, 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 They're honoring all their scholarships. I saw that. And Michigan State said it wasn't a COVID concern. It was just Michigan State just could not bring them the competitive balance that this program needed. And right now, obviously, funds are low because you got to save as much money as you can because of uncertainty of COVID. I just want to mention that that sucks. My thoughts are out to all the people involved in that program. Uh, that's just really tough news to hear. Well, yeah, I want to I want to throw in. I was a swimmer for nine years, so I am appreciative of the program. I will. Uh, yeah, our thoughts go out to all of them. It's going to be great. Uh, they're going to do great things. Here's the thing, though. This team gets one last season. They're cutting it after this season. So they get one last ride, so make it a good one. If you're a Michigan State swimmer or diver and you're hearing this, kick some butt, all right? 
we'll, we'll, you know, everything will come full circle at some point. You'll get another opportunity to do something great. So, yes, that, that's very unfortunate news here on a Sunday. Didn't we get the news yesterday? But it's- uh, I believe it was on Thursday or maybe Friday at the end of the day. Classic okay. Friday news dump or something like that. But, yes. it, yeah, that it just sucks. And it, you've seen it around the country with COVID and stuff like that. It's the one thing that, like, college athletics – I mean, no one ever planned for something like this to ever happen. And college athletics, I mean, they have so much money, and, and, and they were just going through it and not saving probably properly if something like this ever happened that's put them in this position. But, I mean, Michigan said it had nothing – Michigan State said it had nothing to do with COVID. It was strictly just – I bet it had to do something with COVID. Like, let's be real here. Yeah, probably a little bit. At like, they don't have they they don't have the dollars or even maybe the investment to even want to do it anymore. Because they, I mean, they practice at IM West. It's not even like a full size pool. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Which a... is kind of remarkable for a team to be keep competing in the Big Ten when you don't have a full size swimming pool to train in. Correct. Yep, I, 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 I did the club swim team my freshman year. It was a great time. Uh, but, yes, that, that facility needed a little work, and I think that might have gone into that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, we went to Ohio State's pool one time. They had a great, great facility, long course pool, all that good stuff. But, yes, our, whatever. Our thoughts go out to the, to the, to the swimming and diving program. And uh, who knows? Maybe it'll return someday to East Lansing. Yeah, I think people are trying to say that. I, I think Beachman already said – regardless of any like investment or something money that they need, they're not looking to bring it back. So even if a big donor was to like put, like say like, Hey, how much you need 2 million, I'll give you 2 million right now to keep the program alive. I don't think they're going to do that. So that sucks for them. Really sorry to hear that, but just thought we should mention it. It's green and white report. Got to talk about some Michigan state stuff, but let's move on to NFL Trent. As we did last week, kind of sort of new segment idea. We got to help Hank with his fantasy team. It is time to help Hank. Hank, well, we, I guess, yeah, we'll turn it over to you, I guess. Yeah, we need some, like, cool music or something for that. That'd be, like, a little intro. but Like whatever. the home improvement music? <laughs> there you like, go. So, da-da-da. Da-da-da. <laughs> like that little sound? I like sound. that. I like it. We'll add it to the doc. Um, there you go. Yeah, this week on Help Hank's Fantasy Football Team. Is it a simple one? We're going to keep it simple. Kenyon Drake, starter sit. Again, Hank. No context. Look, I'm not giving you context. You have to give me context of your roster. It, Dude, should I just like start sharing my like? I'll, I'll start like putting screenshots of my team in every week. Okay. Or look, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to completely give a breakdown. Yeah, of but your I need roster. to know your we running back. I was gonna say we need some kind of context of like what you know. <laughs> I, I, I Hank need to say yeah, starter said uh, just what like, DeAndre Swift. I'm like who who's he? Who else is on your team? I can't. I can't <laughs> give you an answer. If I don't I know like who I, else okay, are fine. your options. Here, here we go. Okay. I don't know. Like T Higgins. I got T Higgins in the flex right now. Okay. So this is for your flex. This isn't for running back. Pro- well, I'm starting Connor and Davis, James Connor, Mike Davis, both been playing pretty well. I don't plan on taking them out of one and two at all. I would take, I would not play Kenyon Drake in your flex. I know he had a big game last week. They like, don't give him the football in the red zone, like ever. And like, I, I, he other than breaking that big run last week and having a couple good drives, I mean, everyone runs on the Cowboys. So I, I, I don't really think that's a trend that will keep going. I would not. I would start T. Higgins instead. 
I also have uh, on the bench right now Deontay Johnson coming off injury. James Robinson's kind of had a slower stretch. Okay, James Robinson. Play James Robinson. Why are you not playing James Robinson? You know why James Robinson had a slower stretch? Because he played the Detroit Lions. He ran he into the like 20, dude. <laughs> no, I know. I understand. So you're you're starting James Robinson over T. Higgins. Yes. Got a yeah. feral matchup against Cleveland this weekend. Well, let, let, let me ask you this. Is your league a PPR league? It is a PPR league. Robinson. James Robinson. Day. Yeah. All day. All right, trust that me, has been trust me. That's been helped Hank's fantasy football team. I, well, how is, propelling me to how propelling are we me having a conversation wins. that you wanted to start Kenyon Drake over James Robinson? I thought of this question like literally like two minutes ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> My lineup was uh, locked. Okay, I'm, I'm changing I'm it now. <laughs> Hank is, Hank's getting it rough today. I mean, he's been running around. God love Hank. And just, by the way, Hank, did you did I see? I might have saw Hank on campus and just not said hi to him. Because what? I, I, well, I, I thought this not. kid's hair. Or no, no. Listen to this. Listen to this. Before we get into NFL pits or, and, and what we think of today's games, I was walking. It was kind of by the Sparty. Were you by the Sparty statue on Friday, Hank, walking around? Taking pictures? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was me. Okay. I didn't think it was you. And then and, and then I like turn Because you've been – every time we've done the green and white report on Saturday or Sunday morning, whatever we've been doing, you've been in a ponytail – and if you don't know, Hank's out long, luscious, flowing hair, all the bad. So I was like, who is this guy? I'm like, is that Hank? And then and I was in the mood. I was like, do I want to say hi to Hank, even if it is Hank? I was like, you know what? Hank's busy right now. I'm not going to say hi. And it was you, Hank. You Well, listen, Collins, you definitely should have said hi, first I of all. I definitely should have. Thinking about but it now. I wasn't just like strolling weird. around taking pictures, though. I was, I was actually doing that for work, funny enough. So it's kind of, a weird, kind of a weird task to – it's even mine, worse because but... I don't think I've seen like any of you guys in like three months. Probably I know. Should, it's... Probably should give a high, give a wave. Something, yeah. Well, yeah the, <laughs> that was. Like... <laughs> First of all, whether I, it's work or it's play, Hank, I'm glad you're making time to go out to the Spartan statue. It's it's it's, it's something you got to cherish when you leave right. this place. Right. And also, <laughs> Collins, you're exactly right. Maybe you should wave when you see somebody. You yeah, know that was pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm like I to be honest, nothing against people. When I see people in public, I hate it. Like, if, like if that's not... kind of normal, though. Honestly, well, I, I mean, think everyone everyone has those moments where they're like, oh, right. "Gosh, I know that person. I don't." I yeah, do but like Hank is not a person right where I'm like, "Oh, it's not like, oh, Hank, I gotta talk to this guy." <laughs> like, I would genuinely enjoy stopping and like catching up with Hank, but at the same time, I'm like, "Do I want to give away that 15 minutes?" <laughs> I'm not that long winded, dude. I'm not like some old I don't dude. Know. That's like, I mean, I, I haven't seen you in three months. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll just start giving it to you i don't know but <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry hank but let's move right. on to the nfl lions right, go- let's, let's start a little lions first before we get into the pitch too so yeah well, like yeah. you said uh, lions two and three play the falcons i think they're three and a half point underdogs right now uh, two two and a half underdogs on our google doc right now i this is a game the lions win and i i, I know we're gonna do the pick them later but this is the game where you start buying back and you're like, you know what? Those first like four weeks, it's fine. They got through the toughest stretch of their schedule. Now they're at 500. Watch out. Stafford's about to make some noise. And then it all comes falling down again. But I, I mean, this is a, this is a get your hopes up line game. If I've ever seen one. Free ad for the Motown rundown. Collins and I talk with Ryan Rabinowitz every week about our, how sad we are as Lions fans. We have, it's the we have worst. a great time. It's a therapy session. It's great. This team, unless you live under a rock, 
started 0-2, proceeded to go to 1-3, and and they won last week against the Jaguars, who are a very, very, very bad team. They're stinky. So I will say They're this. Stinky. We all said going into that game that no matter what happens on Sunday, I don't care if the Lions win 60-0, to we are not going to oversell the win. We are not going to put too much stock into that win. Here's where it gets different. This week, you're playing another bad team, the Falcons, with a lot of talent. Now, that is the difference. You've got plenty of weapons, and the Lions have a depleted secondary, and I think that is going to be the path to victory for the Falcons if they are to win. It's going to be because the air attack is just too much to deal with. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, uh, yeah, and uh, Matt Ryan, obviously, under center. Uh, you know, if he wins that Super Bowl, he's probably all of Fame quarterback. So we're, we're having this conversation now of, like, the Lions are still dealing without Justin Coleman, still dealing without Desmond Trufant, dealing with rookie Jeff Okuda, who's had wild ups and downs so far, more downs than ups, but he's a rookie. We understand. It's going to be tough for the Lions to, to, to keep that under control. If they are to do so, I will put a lot of stock in this win for the Lions. If they're able to get back to three and three, and Collins, you're exactly right. You get back they're to the starting to pull you mark. back in. Trap. You start buying back in. You start buying back. You look down this. Oh, we got the Texans coming up. Oh, we got the Washington football team. We got the Carolina Panthers. We got the the Vikings twice. Sorry, Hank. And we got we got the we got the Bears one more time. You know what I mean? You start. You, they pull you back in. They suck you back in. This is what the Lions do. And to that point, Collins, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree. This is a game the Lions win. We'll do the picks later, but I do think Matt Stafford leads this team to a high scoring win. I want to say this. Is there any way that you could buy back into Matt Patricia? Because I, I, that ship has sh- sailed for me. And Tell it's me. regardless. Like, I just personally don't think this coach and Matt Patricia can take the Lions anything. Maybe they can make the playoffs, but I think that's like the ceiling with him. So no, I agree. Made, I, like, know what I mean? Like, even if he makes the playoffs and they get their heads blown off in the first round, I still want him fired. Personally. No, no, me too, because I, I'm, I'm completely with you, Kyle. It shouldn't take two and a half years. Not always. Like, I understand if you have the first pick in the lottery and you're coming in, you know, with Joe Burrow and what they go, got going on in Cincinnati, you give them a couple years. You give that coach a few years to figure it out. Hugh Jackson went 0-16, didn't get fired for crying out loud. It's like the, this is how – but in the NFL, I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford and this Detroit Lions team were 9-7 and seven under Jim Caldwell. You bring in Patricia. The, the idea was not to knock it down and start over. The idea was to take the Lions to the next level. That obviously hasn't happened. So, yes, I am completely with you. The ship has sailed on buying back into Patricia. doesn't matter what he can do. I'd rather get another coach in here. But I will say this, and I say this every week on, on, on the Motown Rundown, as does Brian Rabinowitz, if you are rooting for this team to lose because you want the coach fired, you're just – you're a loser. Those are the worst type of fans. You root for the team. You root for the team no matter what the circumstances are, and you want to win every week. Nothing's given in the NFL. It's 16 games. Every game means the world, and that is why if the Lions get back to 3-3 three and three today, I am ecstatic. I am not sitting at home saying, oh, well, Matt Patricia is still a coach. I don't give a damn because, you're Collins, you're exactly right. Like, it, it, it's – there's nothing he can do, even if the Lions make the playoffs and, and, and get their heads. He blown. literally would have to win a Super Bowl for me to believe in him. I'm I'm no, I, at that point yeah. with him. I mean, honestly, that's not hyperbole. I don't think that's I don't think that's. I don't think that, and, and that might sound crazy to say, "Oh, what if he goes to the conference championship game?" I don't even care. Like yeah. I, 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 I just think he is. Like your goal is to win a Super Bowl. He will not win you a Super Bowl. Because let's let's think about this as 
well if you if you somehow got to the NFC Championship game, how would you have done that? You would have done that because Matthew Stafford played incredible and the defense stepped up a little bit. But it's sure as it's not going to be because of your coach. I'm just I'm I'm just going to put that out there. I think we all know that we don't have to rehash all that. But you're exactly right. And and last thing I'll say about Matt Patricia is to the people last week who because I I know there's 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 two edges to the sword here. You yes, last week the Lions looked very good. We already talked about how it was a bad team. You can't put a lot of stock into it. You could also say the positive people like me, the Slappies, they're going to sit there and say, well, the Lions had a game plan and they came in, they executed it to the best of their ability, and they did exactly what they needed to do to win, okay? But I don't care because that was a bad team, and yes, you executed, you got the win. I'm going to hang that on the players. I'm not hanging that on your coach. You should have your team focused enough to beat a bad Jaguars team with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that. I don't, I don't really subscribe to that idea that, you know, Matt Patricia had a great game plan last week. We're going to see. I'm telling you right now. And th- by the way, it's awesome that we're on the air because I don't have to say, by the time our listeners hear this. Uh, I know, it's great. Know. It feels no, it, great to let it, it wreck. It, it, it feels great. If you're listening to this right now and you got the Lions game and T-minus 27 minutes till kickoff, I mean, we're going to find out today. In a, in, in a little less than four hours, we're going to find out if the Lions are, are you know, actually – I'll put stock in this Falcons win if it is to happen. I don't care if it's by a field goal or by 20. I'll say this. if By the way, I have, like, this weird feeling that the Falcons are going like to win 10 straight and just make the playoffs because the Falcons are just so weird like that. Hey, they but, got rid of their coach. No, I know. I, yeah, Dan Quinn, not a good coach. Great, One of the worst clock managers of all time. But um, what was I going to say? God. Just lost my train of thought thinking about the Detroit Lions. If they go three and three, there's an actual – I mean, if they win this week, they are back in the playoff mix, especially with seven teams getting in. And, and as much as I like am been so dismissive about this team being able to maybe right the ship after going one and three to make the playoffs or do something productive this year, if they win this week, they're on track to be in the mix because I think an eight and eight, nine and seven team will probably get you into the playoffs this year. No, agreed. And you're exactly right. That's something that literally no one's talking about. I haven't heard it from the national media at all really this year is that seventh playoff spot. That's a big deal. And so I didn't even know about it. We did a whole podcast saying, uh, I don't think it starts this year because no one talks about it. It's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. It's like scary weird. And it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of lion sneaky weird. And that's why the lions are going to sneak in there and get that spot. I will say this, Hank, you're a Vikings fan. I, I wouldn't mind getting you in the mix here. Let's just talk about the NFC North for a minute here because the Green Bay Packers had a pretty rough showing last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you still subscribe to the fact that Green Bay is better than Chicago? Because I do. I think the Bears are the worst 5-1 and one team in NFL history, but that's neither here nor there. I think they got a great defense and a great coach. That offense is inept. And if you play a team that can put up big points, and obviously that Bears defense could turn 50 into 25. I get it. But I'm just saying the Bears are not a good team. So I, I, the division is probably out of the question for the Lions, but what do you guys think of the Packers? I just want to, I just want to know because last week was awful. Well, you say that about the Bears, and everybody says that about the Bears. I say that about the Bears, but they keep winning. Yeah, they, they not, do. They, I mean, they beat the Panthers last week, which isn't saying much. They beat, they beat the Bucks on Thursday night football, but every score, every game they've won has been a one-score game. That's what I'm saying. They haven't really played any good teams. Well, okay. Nick Foles is the, is the other part of that equation because he comes off the bench and he starts playing like playoff Nick Foles all of a sudden. I think three games from now, that's not going to be the case. So you're right. I don't think that they're going to be in the mix. 
but I'm saying that and they keep winning. So I, I don't know. It's hard to rule them out completely, I guess. I don't think they have the talent to beat the Packers or to win the division, but as long as they keep winning, it's hard to, you know, to say that against them. The Packers, on the other hand, like you said, they look bad against the Bucs. What I took away from that game is that the Bucks defense is really, really good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it wasn't that the Packers are horrible because I don't I think the Packers offense is as good as we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But I, I think the Bucs really, really showed how good their defense was. Um, and that, that hurts me to say. I don't like admitting that the Packers are good. I don't think anybody in the NFC North likes admitting that. But I, I, I have a hard time betting against them right now. I really do. Yeah. I still think the Packers are the cream of the crop in the division. I – the thing about – the Bears' defense is very, very good, and they're kind of back to the ways they were two years ago, being, I think, the best defense in the NFL. Nagy, I don't – the offensive play calling stinks, and the offense is just not good. So, I I don't know what it is with Nagy. He, he's interesting because I think Chicago fans are kind of torn on Nagy because I, I, he's been successful. Like, they've been successful since he's been there. It's just the offense is – what's an app, like you said, Trent. And, and – yeah, so uh, I I still think it's the Packers division, but you're right. Bears are five and one; they're right there. So I mean, I I I don't know when they first play. I they they got to be playing one of the next couple of weeks because I, I I don't think they backlogged two division games like that, especially in NFL. But I want to talk about Minnesota, especially with my boy Hank, man in the mic. They just gave Kirk Cousins another extension, right? This offseason, did they give him another one? I believe so. That's ludicrous. I, I actually didn't even I was know that. Gonna say because I, I don't know what the Vikings do. I mean, they traded Nagaku. This another week, ludicrous right? move. Yeah. I, and here's the thing about going back to Kirk Cousins. I don't think that it's like you have to get rid of him now, but to give him that security of like, yeah, this is still your team for more years to come. Is, he should be playing for, for a spot still. He has not earned the right to say, this is my team. And so to give him that extension is crazy. He should be playing like a, like a guy with his back against the wall, not comfortable, because he, he has no reason to be comfortable right now. Yeah, Collins, go for it. I, just, I, I don't know about that. I mean, he's been good as a Viking. Listen, I mean, the- as a Vikings fan, I, I'm one of the supporters of Kirk Cousins, which there's not many anymore. That's what I was going to ask. Or like, how, how many people are left on the bandwagon for Kirk not many, Cousins? not not many. I mean, there's people that wanted to just there's people trying to buy out his con. It's it's a joke, I'm sure, but they have a GoFundMe on Facebook to buy out his contract. On you know, what I'm saying that's not nice. It's, yeah, but you know, it's the general consensus among Minnesota fans. I think is they want they're as we've been since Tavares Jackson. Man, we're just ready for the next quarterback in the in the carousel, you know, just keep scrolling through them. But I, I still think he's shown – I think he's shown that you he, he's, he can win games. He really can. Um, this is absolutely a down year for the whole organization. Um, but I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I, I – not, it, not like it looks like they're giving up on the season, too, with that trade of Nadaku, which, I mean, they should. What are they, yeah. one, in, one in four? Yeah, it's it's hard to come back from one and four. It really is. My fantasy team's gonna do it, but not many other teams will. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm not. I don't like that whole scrap in the season. Um, 
mentality, but I mean, they basically did. I mean, the season's over for them. So. I I agree. Yeah, and I don't think they got a lot for Nagaku really. I think they could have got more. Well, he, I, mean, I think I, I think they just accepted that they weren't going to pay him, and they just had to get some yeah. sort of like reward yeah. for that. Well, yeah, it's that similar. Trades don't make any sense though. It's similar to what the Lions did with Golden Tate a couple years back. If you Thank remember. God they didn't pay Golden Tate. Well, he yeah, I mean his production has dropped off quite a bit. But I would argue if he was playing with Safford as opposed to Daniel Jones, he could still be pretty solid but but whatever this is not a you know we're not this is not a golden tape fan page podcast but just to to wrap up the viking stuff i want to say this kirk cousins was brought in you know what was the record that one year hank you went to the nfc championship game with case keenum was it 13 and 3 i think they were 13 and 3 that year yeah 13 and 3 beat the saints go to the nfc championship game and, and and lose to a very good eagles team but it's like kirk was brought in afterwards to kind of take that team to the next level he hasn't really done that, but I wouldn't necessarily say that that's all his fault. I think he got a lot going on there. I think there were a lot of mouths to feed on offense, and that was kind of, you know, the, the chemistry was a little messed up there. I think Mike Zimmer has sort of fallen off the wagon a little bit in terms of his defensive guru kind of psyche. I think this Vikings defense definitely has a lot of work to do. And I don't know, I, I would just, I would stay tuned because I absolutely think that Kirk Cousins can win you football games in this league if he has the right roster around him. And like, like we saw it. What, Last year or two years ago, it was a pretty solid season for the Vikings, despite you know the the, the way it ended. But whatever, this you know, I just I just wanted to get a little NFC North talk in there before we get the picks rolling here. Love it, and let's get right into the picks, Hank. How did we do last week? All right, boys, get right into the picks here. Uh, Sloan, cue up that music. We got we got our other producer, Sloan. Yeah, studio. sports director Luke Sloan helping us out today. Shout out, Sloan. Sloan dog. Shout out. Sloan there we go. Dog. You guys can't hear it, but we got that CBS theme playing right now. So it's, it sounds fantastic. All right. Bring it down a little bit. There Ooh, we go. CBS. I mean, I, I'll say this. I don't think I've ever watched a CBS pregame show one time in my entire life. Well, the lions don't play on CBS. Ever. Yeah, but it still stinks. Yeah. Even though you don't I don't like watch the four o'clock game. I, I just will not watch a preview show. I don't okay. know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm a Terry Bradshaw stan. <laughs> so that's probably why. Terry Bradshaw the other day was on the herd and he, I think he overstayed his welcome by like 20 minutes. He just, yeah, just kept talking. It was great though. Yeah. He's, he's, he's entertaining. Do you see the hat he wore on Thursday night? Yes. He's a G. I know. Come on. All right. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Sorry. Here we are. The picks Ryan Collins six and eight last week. I'll take it. Yeah. He moves up to 34, 32 and three overall. You're still over 500. I'm making you money guys. I'm making you money. <laughs> Trent Bally, another another seven and seven week, staying at five hundred. Overall, twenty nine thirty seven and three. So it's a tough look. Dude, over you there. got crushed. Like those last two weeks, you got crushed. Yeah. I was gonna say I won five hundred last week, but the week before that, I think I went like two and fourteen on my picks. Yeah, not great. Like not yeah, so, so we're gonna. Yeah, I guess whatever. I, I this is my chance here. I'm going. How many games we got this week? Ten. How many picks are on this docket? Like 12? I'm going 12 and 0. Here we go. Somebody do some quick math here. All right, first pick. We got the Browns traveling to play the Bengals. Browns favored minus three and a half. Love the Brownies here. Really disappointing performance against the Steelers after a lot of excitement. Baker Mayfield's been getting crap all week. I think the Browns roll today. Yeah, I think everyone's got to chill out on the Browns, like calm down. Baker Mayfield, obviously not an elite quarterback, but no one no one is really making the case he was ever. Like everyone understands that. So I, I guess I like the Browns to cover pretty comfortably, but I think Joe Burrow looks pretty good. Next game, Steelers travel to play the Titans. Titans favored one and a half. 
I like uh, the Steelers. Wait, sorry, Get, start off with Trent. Sorry, I got distracted. No, that's on okay. My that's okay. I'll, I'll, I will gladly start. I will gladly start. <laughs> You're very idiot. kind. I, I just for like maybe thirty seconds, I forgot I was on a live radio show. <laughs> that's all good. It, it happens. Happens to the best of them. I will say I like the Steelers. Actually, I'm not quite sure why the Titans are two point favorites. Maybe it's because they're the home team. Uh, and I know they've looked good. You know, they rolled the Bills, and, and who did they beat last week? Handily again. No, oh. no, it wasn't handily. It was the last play. They're, oh, they're Houston. Yeah, Texans. Houston. But, uh, dude, the Steelers just have the best front seven in football. And, you know, as a Lions they fan, get after I'm, not, people. I'm not too fond of Pittsburgh, but I, I think they're going to win this game by at least a field goal. So, I'll pick the Steelers. I like the Titans here. The Titans, uh, I mean, if Tannehill's going to play the way Tannehill's been playing, the Titans are a legit contender to win the Super Bowl. I believe that because Derrick Henry is such a wet. Like, you get inside the 10-yard line, it's a touchdown almost. He is so hard to bring down, especially in goal line situations. And them being able to, like, get the perimeter game going with A.J. Brown by the way, Hank, can you give me a pat on the back for telling you to start A.J. Brown last I week? I was just going to say that. Yeah, that big props to you guys. A.J. Brown was a great move. I think I can't remember he had like 23 points or something. So Great. But I'm, I, I really like the Titans, so I, I think the Titans did them. And actually, maybe I should give you an update. I beat Eric Bach in our league last week. Yeah. The 5-0 and mighty, very overly confident Eric Bach went down to the 0-5 Menegos football team. There you go. Love so, that. That was – Props to you guys. Always so. fighting for the little guy. You always got to keep go. Bach in check, too. You got to keep Bach in check. You, you got to keep Bach in check because he will run with whatever you give him. Exactly. He will run with it. Next game, Panthers travel play the Saints. Saints favored minus six and a half. Oh, uh, I like the Panthers here. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater revenge game. Not really a revenge game. He kind of made a millions of dollars because the Saints had them as his backup quarterback. <laughs> um. I like the Panthers. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I like Teddy Bridgewater. They didn't play very well last week. I think they bounced back, and it's a close game. I I, I don't know if they're able to go into Superdome and win in the game there, but I, I do think the Panthers covered the six and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for division games like this. That's kind of a big line. Not really. I can see the Saints winning by a touchdown. I just don't know no, why it's six and a half. Pick- Are the Saints that good? Well, they're very good. I don't. They're not the Saints of years past, but I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Saints though. Are they that's, very good? I, I don't know. They're, they're very good. good. They don't look very good to me. I mean, I, I get they haven't had Michael Thomas for the up. whole year, but like, I they do not. They're they're fine. I, I that's how I'll describe them. Yeah. Next game, Bills get well game favored ten points over the Jets. Bills. Take the Bills. I can't. The Jets are zero and six, and that's the spread. Let's go, Buffalo Bills win huge. I like the Bills. The Jets are awful. Trading Le'Veon Bell was a terrible move. Terrible. They terrible didn't trade move. him. They cut him or cut him. Whatever. It got rid of him. I don't care. They could have traded him and got a first for him, and it still would. No, nah, that that actually would have been a good trade. Never mind. No, there's no way they probably could have done anything Bills, for him. The Bills actually narrowly lost to the Chiefs last Monday night. It was a pretty good game. Um, I like the Bills a lot. I still like them to win the AFC East, so I like a big win here against the Jets. What'd you call it, Hank? A get well game? Get well game. Perfect. Yeah, I like that. Get well. Get well, Bills. By the way, Le'Veon to the to the Chiefs. Does he play at all? Edward Tiller is going off. He's playing today, I think. Yeah. I think, but I does, think he, does he to, get snaps? They're going to put him in the slot. I think it's going to be fun to watch. All right. Next game, Cowboys travel to play the football team. Football team, maybe the first-time favorite all season. They're favored by – one point. Yeah. Uh, uh, give me Washington. I just 
The Cowboys looked so bad on Monday. And, and, and Zach Martin's not playing, I believe. I, I don't know if he's at right guard or center. I always, like, mix up those interior offensive linemen. But, I mean, that's a big piece. This offensive line's not the same as it used to be. It just – it isn't. And Not nearly. And, and without the presence of Dad Prescott to kind of elude some of that pressure, they're not going to be able to run the football either because it's just going to be super one-dimensional. So, it's going to be Washington. They have a really good defensive front, too. I think after one week, I can honestly say that I was very, very wrong about Dak Prescott. So I pulled the receipts on that. I walked that back. Dak Prescott is huge for this Cowboys team. They absolutely should have paid him uh, his money. I will say this, the best player on the field will be Zeke Elliott. And this is basically a pick game because yeah, it's a, it's, it is a pick game. It's a one-point spread. I just like the Cowboys. I think last week there was too much going on, too much uh, narrative-wise. I think maybe they were – and Zeke fumbled, what, twice, three times? That's not going to happen again. I mean, for the sake of my picks, I would like to believe that's not going to happen again. I think Ron Rivera might outcoach McCarthy, but the Cowboys just have way more talent. Football team plays hard, but I like uh, I like Zeke in this one. Next game, travel – or, excuse me, Packers favored three, traveling to play the Texans. Packers bid. Bid. I think they went bid today. Yeah, I, as much as this pains me to say, I, I don't get this line at all. This is such a sucker line because the Packers got embarrassed last week. The Packers are absolutely going to beat the Texans by at least three points, for sure. That's a lock. I will take that. I will take the Packers to cover. I don't like using the L word there, but I, I appreciate lock. the confidence. <laughs> Just okay. like the Lions beating the beating the uh, Falcons today. It's a lock. We'll get to that later. And let it be known, Collins does not like to use the L word loosely out there, everybody. So Yeah, lock. I will not say lock unless I say lock, if that makes any sense. Collins won't say lock unless you say lock first. Yes, unless I say Drew lock. There you go. Okay, you now, go. We're just, now we're off the rails. That was a Here good we go. joke. Bucks, <laughs> Bucks favored four, traveling to play the Raiders. Uh, this Bucks defense is really good. And Antoine Winfield Jr., I mean – is it Antonio Winfield? I don't know. Whatever. Is Antoine Winfield, Skull Vikes. Yeah, his yeah. Well, his son, former Minnesota Golden Gopher, is probably gonna win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's been really, really good for them. And if they're, to, I mean, if they're gonna cause the turnovers that they have been, it just sets up Brady. I don't think Brady's washed like everyone else is saying, but he's like a middle of the pack quarterback. He needs everything around him to be good for this team to like really thrive, but. Gronk kind of got going last week. I, I have a feeling that the, the, the Bucks might roll here today. A, a, a little momentum game after. I feel like you get a – like the confidence you gain from beating the Packers the way they did, I mean, you, you feel like you can beat anyone in the league. Tom Brady so far this season, it's been a mixed bag of – it's actually probably been a 50-50 split of, yeah, he's the GOAT and he looks like a 43-year-old quarterback. It's kind of like we've seen both. It's a question of which one are you going to get today? But I think, you know, Collins, you nailed it. Everything around him has got to be going well for him to play well. And I think everything around him is going well. I, I, the, the Bucks coming off that huge win against the Packers, I just like him to cover this against the Raiders. So I'll take the Bucks. Uh, next game, we got the Chiefs favored minus seven and a half, traveling to play the Broncos. Um, I believe Drew Locke is bad. Broncos won a really weird game with the Patriots last weekend that I was surprised how how lackluster the Patriots showed up for that game. Seven and a half seems pretty low. Like I, I feel like this number would be more at like eight or like maybe even ten. I, I like the Chiefs. I, I think 
they haven't played their best football yet, but every time that's the one question, because when they're not challenged right now, you can see it when they're challenged by good football teams, they perform. They, they just flat out, but they kind of slept walk when they played the Raiders a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they do that again today, but I, I, I think they're locked in right now. Give me the chiefs. Yeah, you're exactly right. They haven't played their best football. The Broncos aren't really that great of a team. I still like that defense. I like the Chiefs. I, this line is a little low to me also just because the Chiefs haven't really covered a big spread yet, and the Chiefs also haven't really won big yet. <clears throat> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But, I, I, yeah, I like, I like the Chiefs to cover this one pretty, pretty easily. We'll see. All right, next game. Sorry, next game, we got the 49ers traveling to play the Patriots. Patriots favored minus three. Is this Sunday Night Football, or is it just a 425 game? Uh, this is a 425 game. Okay, I like the Patriots. It's a get-right get game. Last week was an anomaly. I don't know what was going on. Cam Newton fumbled it like five times. He recovered like all of them. It was actually pretty remarkable. Uh, I, I like the Patriots to get right today. Also, I, I, I see them getting a run game going a little bit today. They haven't been able to run the football as much as they want to. Yeah, I mean, with with uh, Bosa hurt for the 49ers, their calling card has kind of been their offensive creativity. With that being said, you've got the best defensive coach and the best coach period ever on the other side of Bill Belichick. I just think the Patriots' defense balls out. I think they win kind of an – I don't want to say an ugly game, but it's probably going to be another low-scoring affair, a lot of field goals. And, uh, yeah, Cam Newton just puts together a couple good drives, and that's the difference, so I'll take the pass. Next game. Jags travel to play the Chargers. Chargers favored minus seven and a half. Ooh, I love me some Justin Herbert. Love me some Justin Herbert. But seven and a half for the Chargers is just too much. They're not that good of a football team to blow out anybody. Jacksonville played horrible against the Lions. Give me the Jags. You know what? Jacksonville did play horrible against the Lions, but I also just think the Jacksonville Jaguars are horrible. That's just the bottom line for me. I like Justin Herbert just like you do. I didn't like him coming out of college. That's another thing I got to pull the receipts on. I was very incorrect about that. I know it's still young. It's, it's premature to say that, but he's looked good so far. I just – seven and a half is a lot, but the Jags, I think, have cemented themselves as the worst team in football because, I mean, say what you want about the Lions. Lions aren't great either, and the Lions rolled them last week. So I, I, I will take the Chargers. I will take the Chargers to cover this line. I know I'm going to regret it, but I'll take L.A. And I didn't watch that Lions game last week. Are, is is Gardner Minshew bad? What's the deal there? I mean, he's not he's not working with a whole lot. I think he's serviceable, not great, definitely not bad though. I mean, I think he's got a he's got a place. He's kind of in the Ryan Fitzpatrick tier, I would say, which is actually not true because Ryan Fitzpatrick can get hot and go on like crazy runs and stuff. Minshew can't really do that, but just in terms of their ability right here, right now in 2020, I would say yeah, Gardner Minshew and it's kind of on the Ryan Fitzpatrick level, I would say. Well, that's funny that you said that because Fitzpatrick just got benched and they're talking about benching Minshew. So yeah, that, that's, true. that's why I asked that. I didn't, I wasn't sure. Like I thought, I thought he was kind of good. I didn't know he was on the verge of being sat, but anyways, yeah. we got our Sunday night game here. Seahawks favored three and a half points traveling to play the Cardinals. Uh, give me the Cardinals. I like what I saw last weekend. If Kyler gets it going, I mean, they're just I, I, get Christian Kirk going, get everyone a, a little bit more involved other than DeAndre Hopkins. This offense to be really, really good. 
this line is definitely set up for you to pick the Cardinals. They want you to do that. My problem is we don't have any reason not to bet against the Seahawks. They've given us no reason not to trust them. Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP. He's playing fantastic. I'll take the Seahawks to keep it moving and cover the three and a half points. And the Monday night game, Bears traveling to play the Rams. The Rams are favored minus six. Uh, mm. Rams look really bad on Sunday night. Like really, really bad. I think the Bears cover. The Bears are just they're just some win ugly football games all year and then lose by fifty in the playoffs to someone who's actually good. That that's pretty accurate. Honestly, I think that's how it's gonna go too. I think the the, the Bears are gonna, you know, they're gonna gut out these wins. But I will say this I'm picking the Rams in this one because I have to, because the Bears the Chicago Bears cannot be six and one. There is no way they're not that good. They factually can't get to six and one. It's impossible. It won't happen. It can't happen. It's not going to happen. Rams cover the six. Rams win big. And the, the first real competition the Bears have played all, all season. And I just, yeah, the Rams roll up. Jared Goff looks really good against a good defense. I like Aaron Donald to get through for a couple sacks, rattle up Foles a little bit. Maybe Foles against Spence for Trubisky. Who knows? Crazy, crazy stuff could happen in this game but I'll take the Rams. And our last game of the week, one o'clock lions take on the Falcons Falcons favored minus two. One pride. Just Say uh, it again. That, I didn't a, hear one, that. One pride. One pride. The lions are winning wow. today. Money line. Wow. I don't need the two points. I think Stafford rolls. They're wearing the gray jerseys, which I don't like, but I do think they win today. I, 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 I'm not a believer in this Detroit Lions team, but last week they showed if they're able to run the football with DeAndre Swift a little bit more, that that could open up the offense a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I know the Falcons' run defense isn't great and they're just defense in general, so maybe he continues to keep rolling. But I, I, I just think Stafford outshoot is just better than Matt Ryan, too. I think Stafford has a better game than Ryan. It just It's going to be a shootout, but I, I like the Lions. I echo everything you said. My score prediction is Lions 34-31. I think it's a high-scoring affair. Two bad defenses going at it. Um, yeah, Lions get DeAndre Swift involved a little bit more early. Give Carrion Johnson some more carries. Give a little less to Adrian Peterson. Throw the ball to TJ Higgins. Throw the ball to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. You'll win the game. Stafford will lead you to a win. Offensive line, got to get a push up front. Offensive line, got to protect Matt Stafford. And uh, the Detroit Lions will cover and win and move to 3-3-1 three and three, one pride. One pride. So first live show, should we give ourselves a grade? We used to do this at the end of Behind the Mask. We'd grade how we had it. I think for the first time, I'll give it like a B minus for our first two C+. hour show. I was going to say C plus, which boggles me that Ryan Collins was more optimistic than I was, but whatever. <laughs> I'm going to say I mean, C plus. I, 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 I think we had the energy. We played hard. We might not have executed everything. I'll tell you Fair. what, you guys put on an excellent front. You guys were like the facade of like those like fake old Western buildings where it's like, you know, there's like a whole building there. And then behind it, there's just nothing. Cause we were just running around. Like there was a fire back there and we didn't know what was going on. So you guys did a great job. I, I give you guys at least a B. Well, okay. Hey, you guys in the studio, Hank, Hank gets an A. Hank, Hank and Sloan get an A today. Yeah. Don't forget about my Hank dog Sloan. Over there. Also, Hank, tell your mom, she gets an A as well for telling you that we couldn't hear you on the Huge. air. That yeah, was Julian. Huge. Julian gets an A too. Thanks for contributing to the show. Shout out Julian. And, I, I, I don't know how we're going to figure out how to get more like people involved in the show with this Zoom setup. We don't know how long we're going to be doing this. But, I mean, for week one, 
It's pretty good. But for Ryan Collins, Trent Bailey, Henry Menegos, thank you for listening to Green and White Report. We'll see you guys next week. And for everyone at WDBM East Lansing, we'll see you next week at 11.